Are you tired and frustrated of all the problems and challenges around you where it seems like your workplace is chaos? It seems like the environment of the nation is chaos. I'm Justin Hitt with Inside Strategic Relations. Very often, individuals know the problems that they face and the problems that impact the outcomes they desire. However, they don't ever catalog them and address them in a systematic way. That's what we're going to talk about today. If you have problems that you face and you make a list of those problems, what you'll often find is many of those problems are very low risk. Uh, they have very little impact on you. They're, they're frustrating, but in the long run, they don't impact the outcomes you desire. Now, there's two, two sides to this. You have to know what the outcomes are that you desire. That's goal setting. Uh, but also how you handle the risk in your environment and how you handle the problems you face matters significantly because it can impact your dispersion of energy. Let me uh, put this in simple terms. If you've got 50 problems on your mind and they're all demanding your attention, maybe it's customer service problems, maybe it's challenges in the organization, maybe it's problems at home and, and in your local community, all these things are, are drawing from your brain. Uh, energy, thought, attention. It's very difficult to do the work at hand when all this other stuff's going on. So what you've got to do is you've got to look at which of these problems can you control. Now, again, if you have all the problems just jumbled around in your brain, uh, it's going to be difficult to approach. So what I recommend is take a notepad, piece of paper, and you just simply make a list of your problems. You just start at the top right through until you run out of problems. You just write, 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 write. And this, what this does for you is it helps you take the abstract in your head and put them down on paper. Now, you can go a little further and create a problem statement for each of the problems. But very often, once you have a list of problems, you can go through that list and assess or start cataloging those problems into uh, things that you can do something about. Uh, are there internal problems or external problems? Are they problems that require money to solve or time and resources? Are, they pro are there problems that are related to each other? Maybe there's a number of problems that are related to a particular individual or related to a particular activity. Cluster those problems together. Uh, as you do this, what you'll discover is the problems are much more manageable because you've taken yourself out of the picture in the sense of things bouncing around in your head and you've started approaching the problems in a solution-oriented manner. Now, in permaculture, uh, it's an agricultural practice that I study, uh, all problems have a seed of solution. Just like they say, all gray clouds have a silver lining. So you want to look at the problems and ask of that problem. See, you're taking the problem from a controlling factor that imposes upon you, and you're putting it into a subordinate position where you've captured it on paper, and now you're, in, you're asking it questions. You're inquisitioning the problem to determine the potential for solution. Now, of course, you wouldn't do this for all your problems. You will isolate the problems, decide which ones you're going to approach, which ones can you address. Uh, but if you start asking questions of the problem. So the problem here is that people know what needs to be done to get to results, yet they never write it down so that they can systematically approach it. So that's the problem. What's the solution? Well, it is writing down the corrections or the lessons learned or the approach and then systematically following it. 
Do you see how that works? The problem itself, once you've produced a problem statement, and we have a, a whole program on problem statements and addressing uh, problem solving, uh, and it's definitely not creative. A lot of folks want creative problem solving. I saw a criticism of Donald Trump by a, a, a psychologist who studies problem solving and basically said Trump doesn't know how to solve problems. Well, if that's the problem, the president in the United States doesn't have a system for solving problems, the solution would be for the president to have a system for solving problems. And that system of solving problems needs certain characteristics in which this expert has knowledge in those characteristics. And it may not be that the individual, the president, would be the one solving the problem. It could be through, through delegation. It could be an assignment of responsibility. It could be how resources are allocated. And so even in the, own pro in the problems that you have, you might feel that you're not able to solve this thing. Well, who can solve that problem? Again, we're asking questions of the problem and we're identifying potential solutions. Now, in, in approaching your list of problems, what you'll discover is that you can focus on two or three problems, major problems, uh, the big rocks, so to say. And by focusing on those big rocks, you can eliminate them in most cases. Now, some of those problems you'll decide you don't even need to solve. Not your problem. It's not yours to solve. Cross it right off your list. Uh, you don't have to be bothered by it anymore because you've, you've captured it from your mental capacity. You've laid it out on a piece of paper. You've cataloged it. You've identified it as not being your problem. Put a line through it. Now, if it's someone else's problem, you could assign their name to it. Uh, if it's a, a challenge that maybe you need a skill to address, then you could address it in your education program or in your self-development. If it's a problem of clarity, you know, there's something wrong here and I don't know what it is. Well, you can agree to set it aside. There's a great book, Psycho-Cybernetics by Maxwell Maltz, and it talks about compartmentalization. It talks about uh, clearing the calculator. Uh, so you can take that problem, package it up, put it on an index card, put it in a, in a pigeonhole somewhere, and now you can clear the calculator. So you've, you've packaged the problem up, taken it out of your mind, put it on a shelf, and then you simply move on. Now, that doesn't mean you can't take out the problem later because you've got more information or you've got additional details, uh, but ultimately, your problems don't have to hold you down. They don't have to distract you. Now, what happens if you know a solution, don't do anything, and then the problem gets worse? Well, unfortunately for a lot of people, that's the I told you so crowd. They're going to see a problem. They didn't write it down. They didn't develop a problem statement. They didn't categorize it. They didn't determine if they could address the problem or if someone else needed to address the problem. They didn't do an assessment of resources, and the problem just gets worse. Well, now they get the position of, of explaining to everybody, I saw this problem four years ago, and I saw I had solutions for this problem, and it never got solved. Well, there's a big gap there that it, you don't take action. Nothing's going to happen. Nothing happens till somebody sells something and you have to sell the concept or idea that this problem needs to be solved. And if the problem does not need to be solved, then you must be able to put that problem on the shelf. See, we have a challenge in today's society where all the problems of the world need to be solved. There's a, it's a binary uh, problem, not a problem. Well, there's also degrees in which solutions can be implemented to move towards the outcome you desire. See, we don't care about solutions as much as we care about outcomes. If the outcome is properly developed, 
and the problem statement is properly developed, you can match the resolution of a handful of problems to the result of an out measurable outcome. And through that, you can develop milestones and he starts looking more like project management than problem solving. Now, there's possible problems in your environment that, that you don't need to solve. And if you focus attention and resources on those problems that don't need to be solved, then you could get down the line and still have problems that are impactful, problems that distract you, problems that are not appropriate for your situation, problems that could hold you back that ultimately you didn't you never took a chance to address because you're working on the easy problems. And that happens in society when people are bored. And it's, the problem isn't that they're bored. The problem is, is they just don't have something productive to do. And because they're bored, they entertain themselves. They get busy body. They worry about things. Uh, they get like Karens. You know, They don't have anything of their own to do. So they try to take care of everybody else's business. But ultimately, this writing it down categorizing and then assessing the situation it seems like it's a slow approach but what ultimately happens is you discover areas where you can have significant improvement and outcomes and results that were previously seemingly unattainable so again you don't have to point out the problem and you don't have to find the solution you simply need to catalog and then address them in a systematic way now, what does this really do? Well, it puts you in a leadership position. It puts you in a command and control position. It puts you in a position to organize resources because part of your assessment would be looking at what resources do you have and what resources do you need. But this systematic approach starts leaning into project management, starts leaning into procurement management, and it's further and further from problem solving because we're now outcome management. If you want greater wealth in your life, if you want more influence and control, if you want to grow as an individual, that's great. But what obstacles are keeping you from there, from getting there? Can you make a list of those obstacles and systematically investigate, systematically align resources, systematically approach, systematically remove and cross off, uh, align with the right people to help you move forward to your objectives? And it might seem like a tangent. You want to drive forward to success. Well, if you don't smooth the road out in advance, you're not going to get there. Now, you don't have to have a, a six-lane highway taking you from where you are to your goals. You might start out with a footpath. But that footpath opens up to a trail. That trail opens up to a dirt road. That dirt road opens up to a gravel road, two lanes. Then it opens up to a country road. Then it opens up to the, high, to the access roads and highways. If you build into this incremental improvement, and we talk about that in the Magic 1%, uh, about incremental improvement, how you can build from the position you are right now to get anywhere you want to be in life. Uh, but you have a list and it can be a list of problems. Now, don't make your list of problems so big that it overcomes the list of outcomes you desire. Uh, and don't make your list of outcomes desire so big that it in itself becomes a problem. There always must be the categorization. There always must be the alignment of resources. There must always be the prioritization. And then as you align people in your environment around you, because again, we build results through business relationships. Now, again, I'm always talking about business relationships, not personal relationships. You can hang out with people that are unproductive, 
But as far as a business concerns, there is a mutual agreement between the two individuals or many individuals. Uh, and that agreement leads to mutual gain. So if you are in a marriage or a partnership or any contractual relationship, uh, as such as uh, joining together to produce a product for the marketplace, that's what I'm talking about when it comes to uh, transforming business relationships into profits. You might go through your list of problems and decide that some of those problems are part of your identity and you're not going to solve them because they drive you forward to the outcomes that you desire. It could be that uh, you know, you've know you studied in an area and you're knowledgeable, you're a subject matter expert, but in the back of your mind, you have this doubt. There's a little bit of doubt. And sometimes you feel like an imposter. Well, that might not be a problem you need to solve. That might just be the way things are. And you accept it and you move on. And you even use that little bit of doubt to question the advice that you're given, to question the severity of the problems you're told. Maybe someone in your environment is telling you this is a problem. This is a systemic problem that must be solved. And your little back of the mind uh, doubt says, you know what? Let me challenge that. Let me test that. Is this, what is the evidence that this is a systemic problem? What is the evidence that this is something that must be solved? What if this is something that's a natural part of human interaction? And it's, it's a friction, but it's not a problem. What if this problem is the stepping stone to better understanding to reach a more desirable outcome? See, this is the questioning. And when you take that problem out of your head and you put it down on a piece of paper, not a text notepad on a computer, not an app, on a piece of physical paper, you've taken that abstract mental concept and idea that was causing fear and anxiety and concern, and you've captured it on a piece of paper, and you're going to address it, and you're going to question it, and you're going to interrogate, and guess what? One day you're going to solve that problem, and you can simply tear up that piece of paper, drop it in the compost, and turn it into the fodder that grows new concepts and new ideas, takes people to the next level. There was a point in time where nobody had the concept that we'd even just go to the moon. But the technology and the the evolution that was necessary to get to the moon created all kinds of modern conveniences that we enjoy today. There was a point in time where nobody really thought they were okay with just going to get a bucket of water out of a creek somewhere. They never really thought about indoor plumbing. They were abstract and different concepts throughout history that were made possible because someone saw a problem, they wrote down the problem, thought about the solutions, they challenged and were inquisitive about the problem, they had ideas of outcomes that they desire, and they moved towards a result, a result that took them forward, that took them to the next level. See, we're not in a world without problems. We'll never be in a world without problems. There's a variety of degrees of problems, and problems are often created by the solutions that we impose. But ultimately, we can move towards outcomes and desirable conditions if you're willing to get this garbage out of your head, package it up. Some things will get set aside and never addressed. Some things will get addressed now and some things will get addressed later. And some things you may have to work through others as a team to cooperatively solve. And it may not have a solution that you like right away. But if it moves towards the desired outcome, the mutually agreed upon outcome, you will get there. And you will get there consistently and you will get there confidently and you'll get there without a lot of frustration 
and concern. I'm Justin Hitt with Inside Strategic Relations, where we share with you the insights that help transform business relationships into profits guaranteed. We talk about critical thinking, problem solving, and how to organize resources to get the outcomes that you desire. Thanks for listening. You can visit us at www.insidestrategicrelations.com to ask your questions. I'm looking forward to hearing from you soon. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.